0: Broadcasting live from the PHX.FM studio in Phoenix, Arizona. It's time for Valley Business Radio, spotlighting the Valley's best businesses
1: and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to the Arizona 100 podcast. I'm Adrian McIntyre with PHX.FM. I'm joined here in our virtual studio by Abby Fink publisher of the Arizona 100. Hi, Abby. How are you? I am great. I do so enjoy these chats. It's an opportunity for us to look together at what's happening around the state of Arizona in the business world, in the nonprofit world, and things that affect communities and citizens alike. And (laughs) since this whole COVID crisis started four-ish months ago, 400 years ago... (laughs) uh, it, it, everything changes and nothing changes. How are things looking to you? How, how is it going over there?
0: Yeah. You know, that's funny. You should say that. I I actually had to stop for a minute and okay, this is July and it's Thursday, I think. Yeah. It's, um, the days are starting to run together a little bit. Um, but you know, all is good. All is good. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're striving. We're still doing what we got to do. And, We get this chance to have these conversations every couple weeks, which I really enjoy. So, you know, you said the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? So we got one of those big stay the same things coming up soon, which is our elections, right? We're in the midst of a primary. And uh, I was uh, commenting that I, you know, I I put myself on the permanent voting, uh, early voting list um, not too long ago, mostly because, you know, back when, when you could travel, you know, when we could leave and be out of town, perhaps. Um, It looked like my schedule was going to have me out of town for many of those important dates, like one day I could go to the polling booth. So I decided to put myself on the early ballot list, which in hindsight was probably smart because now I can vote and be sure I can get there. Uh, So we've got a primary coming up in about 10 days now, give or take, August 4th. And so I was reminiscing about, you know, registering to vote when I turned 18 and going to the polling booth for the first time and, you know, walking in and marking my ballot and what a sense of power that felt like that I was, you know, helping to make some very important decisions for. At that time, it was for the the president of the United States, 1984. So it was Mr. Ronald Reagan that was in the office and. And, uh, you know, that was pretty amazing with a a stroke of a pen and filling in a couple bubbles that you can really make, you know, make or break decisions in our community. And I know there's a lot of discussion around politics and elections right now, but the fundamental right we have to to cast our vote is something we should all uh, take advantage of and actually do.
1: I mean, isn't that the truth? It seems to me as somebody who's lived and worked all over the world that the ability to participate in the decisions that affect our own lives is something really special. And it is not that common if you take the almost 8 billion people in the world, the percentage of those people that are able to vote and in some shape or form influence the 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 environment in which they get to live their life is pretty small, and our participatory d- democracy is in some ways our greatest strength and also some ways our greatest weakness. Obviously, voter apathy is something that we've all struggled with over these. Even myself, I've thought, well, <laughs> is this really going to change anything if I'm just one person, one vote, things of that nature? That perspective has shifted over time as I've matured, but certainly Regardless of who you vote for, the fact that you vote is a critical part of how we do things here. And um, yeah, we, we we regardless of who's on the ballot, regardless of our points of view about the state of affairs and what's needed and what's wrong and all of that, simply the the simple act of exercising our right to participate in that process seems. More important than ever,
0: right? And and it really is a, a. I mean that that was a fight to get the right to vote for for many people in this country. They're, uh, you know, the our our individuals of color and our Native American uh, neighbors and such. It's it's been relatively uh, recent in in a historical perspective where they have been given the right to vote. The the Native American communities are still fighting for the right to vote and to have. Polling booths on reservations and having their voice be heard at, in in elections and ha- being represented um, in office, not only with the tribal communities but in the in the larger context. And so, you know, I, I I sometimes chuckle when we're asked to vote for things, you know, that you know we may not know anything about the local judges or such. But if an individual has made that commitment to to serve and wants to represent us, then I think we as citizenry should you know put our name on the you know on the ballot sign it put it in the mailbox walk to the polling booth proudly display your i voted sticker and really take part in that in that civil responsibility um you, I, you know, it, it might be a little naive to say, but you kind of don't have the right to, to complain about it if you didn't participate in the process. Now, you can still be disappointed or elated, depending on the outcome. But I feel like it's my, you know, my small part of making a difference is to be able to, to take care of that. So if you are on the early voting ball- uh, list, uh, those are due in uh, a week before the election. So on the 29th of July, the polling booths will be open on August 4th. No matter which side of the aisle you vote for and which candidates you're supporting, it's just a little public service announcement to make sure you get out and vote um, because every, every vote is important and we should all um, be registered and take advantage of that, that civil right we all have to be part of our community.
1: Absolutely. And you know, it's worth noting that Arizona has been a leader nationally in really working out the details of a vote-by-mail system. We've been doing this as a matter of normalcy for a lot longer than other states. It's become, I think, the way more than 70 percent. I, I can't remember exact numbers, but it seems like that's about right. More than 70 percent of the ballots in Arizona are, are vote-by-mail ballots, and it's been that way for a long time. So whatever concerns you might have about is this safe? Is this right? Just know that we've worked that out. This is how it happens here. And and it's it's a perfectly acceptable way.
0: Mine went in the mail and a couple days later I got the text message that it was received and verified. So um, you get that that sense of comfort different even than when you go to the polling booth, right? You you put your ballot into the machine but, and, you know, you assume everything's fine. You see it happening. Um, but this is a way to make sure you get the text message that uh, the recorder has received your information. And, and I think there's, you know, I... I really liked going to the polling booth but I do like the idea of sitting at home and and have all of my, you know because I'm one of those I'll have my notes and I've checked and I've made my research and it's such it's quiet I can make my decisions um, and um, and feel good about you know putting that in the mail and knowing that I, I did my part so I applaud all those that make the decision to run for office and put themselves in that role and um, hoping that we have um, a good good turnout at the at the at the polling booths or at the mailbox, whatever way you choose to do that. But again, August 4th is our uh, primary election here in Arizona. So we'll see. And of course, the federal elections are coming up. So we will, I'm sure, have conversations around uh, what we're seeing in terms of campaign and, and as you call voter apathy and some of those other things in, in future discussions. So we'll, we'll kind of make a little mental note to check in on that as we progress through our conversations into the fall.
1: Now, just to underline the mechanics of this, uh, the the election day is August 4th. If you have a vote-by-mail ballot and you haven't mailed it by the 29th, you can still take it and drop it off at a polling place, any polling place, uh, um, on August 4th. Right. So if you have that ballot, you need to mail it by the 29th if you want to be sure of it being counted. If you don't mail it by the 29th, take it to your polling place and drop it off, and, and it will still be counted.
0: Exactly. Exactly, so there we got our public service announcement taken care of. I feel good about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was a reminder to me. I've got my early voting ballot sitting here on the table, and I need to finish get on it, it and and mail it in. Get what on it. What else is going on? What get else is going on? It. on that, well,
0: uh, you know, we 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 can't have a, a discussion. I don't think without you know some of it having to do with with uh, COVID nineteen. It's still, of course, out in our communities, and and continuing to be discussions with. Uh, business owners and such, there's, you know, right now we have a lot of companies are evaluating the potential of going back to the the office and and what does that look like? How are we making sure that uh, we're honoring and recognizing our employees and giving them their much earned vacation if they're still eligible for that and you know what kind of guidelines do we have to create if we um, you know if they travel for personal reasons and coming back into the office place so we have a story this week um, from one of the attorneys at Quarles and Brady that talks about some of the guidelines that employers should be considering when they put um, put forth some of that information to their workforce about what you can and can't do and, and what your expectations can be for your employees. You know, During this, um, this more challenging time, we want to look out for the health and well-being of our clients, both the physical health and the mental health, and sometimes a couple days away from the office and offline are just what we need, and we want to make sure that um, we're doing it the right way and that you're taking into account um, you know, the coverage that you need to continue to do the business that you're doing. So there's a couple good links in that story for uh, employers to take a look at and, and as they're creating additional policies for the summer. Um, we're seeing um, not not altogether bad numbers as it relates to um, job opportunities. There are still some businesses that are hiring. And, um, you know, they're doing that in a very different way. You're not walking into an office building and filling out an application or having a face to face interview. We're doing some of that more in this virtual environment. So, we have a story that talks about how both the employer and an employee can be uh, preparing for a virtual job interview because it's a little bit different. You don't get the the same social cues. And, and, you know, I can look and see behind you that there's a bookshelf, but I don't know what's on the bookshelf and different than if you were to walk into my office and see, you know, Know, some of the things that kind of create who i am and and who you know who i am as an employer who i am as an individual so some real interesting um hints and top uh, tips there for what to do if you're going to be doing some job interviewing in this virtual environment
1: it really has changed i mean so much of our business relationships are now happening through lenses mm-hmm. and in, in some ways that's become uh, the new normal quite quickly and in other ways there's still a lot that people are trying to find their way with. I mean, building trust and connection through the glass of the camera lens and the wires and the router and, the, you know, still takes something. It's a different skill set uh, than if you were to walk in and and rely on your usual ways of communicating right. uh, body language and all the rest, uh, you know. And you only have to get dressed from the waist up these days. So there's that. (laughs) Very
0: true. As long as you don't stand up before you've turned off the camera. So, but you know, it's that's very true. I mean, I think about, you know, the advice that I give when I talk to young, um, soon to graduate students that are about ready to start looking for their job. And, you know, that they have the skill set, they've got the degree, they know how to do the job. It's the other things that get you the employment, right? It's showing up early for the interview, having, you know, looking professionally dressed from top to bottom. Um, You know, what are you carrying as your notebook, a couple pens, you know, what is your port in our world? What does your portfolio look like and such all of which set you apart from the other candidates? Well, now you're right. What's going to set me apart in here? Well, in a lot of ways, the same things. I should be logged on to the Zoom meeting. Before the employer gets logged on, if I am the candidate, right, I should be waiting in your lobby in the same way that I would and be professional and pay attention to what's behind me and and such. And, you know, my dog is locked in the back room, so she, you know, can't come up and join the conversation as much as she would like to. But um, but these are things that we have to pay attention to now that, you know, and those are those are the the just new professional standards for job interviews than what we would be if we were walking in the office. And I think a lot will, um, there'll be some new things you can tell from individuals when if they can conduct themselves this way, you know, much the same ways that you can set some people apart when they walk into your office. Yeah,
1: that's a really good point. It yeah. changes the way we evaluate the assumptions we make. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that do communicate regardless of the medium.
0: Right. Right, right. So one more thing on the, um, from the workplace perspective, we do have a story on um, diversity and really how to, um, from a marketing perspective, how you are incorporating diverse and inclusive strategies into your business practices and that's you know all the way from your hiring practices to what communications vehicles you're using and how you're putting information out into the into the world and that a lot of us in in that in that environment are doing a lot of evaluation with our with our clients obviously the conversation has elevated in in recent weeks and we're taking a look at some of the things that we're doing, and are we really, you know, living this diverse and inclusive uh, strategy that we've said we've done, and are we actually doing that in practice? So, some helpful hints in in the issue this week as well on on kind of taking a diversity first look at your business. So, hopefully, that'll be some good information as you're putting together some of your your marketing strategies for uh, the next quarter as businesses continue to evolve over all these different challenges that we've been faced with.
1: Absolutely. And you know, we we've talked about this in many different contexts, but the the imperative to build diverse, inclusive, and equitable workplaces has never been stronger, never been more urgent. And at the same time, people have never been more fearful of missteps and getting it Wrong because all the attention that's being put on these topics, rightly so, but fear of cancel culture and other kinds of backlashes, I think, is having some people be quite timid in response to this. They want to wait till they get it right before they say anything. And that's probably not a good idea given that honesty and a, a true accounting for how we got to where we are and what we may have overlooked and how we're going to do that differently now and really beginning to build some of those conversations into the fabric of an, of a workplace of a team um, and and finding ways to lead with listening not you know all there's so much that can be said right. and better said by by people who are really leading these conversations but it sure is on on a lot of people's minds, um, in a variety of different ways, but it's certainly something nobody can overlook at this point.
0: Right. One of my coworkers says said to me that that we should always think about if it is authentic and sustainable, and that it's it's okay to ask the questions and it's okay to make the mistakes. As long as we are doing it with authenticity and such, and so I think that's where it comes in is we just have to continue to have the discussion and um, acknowledge where we have opportunities for growth and change and be willing to to put in the work to do that. So there's some some topics on that I actually hope our uh, viewers will uh, readers will find interesting. You know, we've always had. Um, amazing stories in past issues of the Arizona 100 about the education system in our state. And um, there are four stories coming this week out of um, our higher education environment, the Maricopa County Community College District, um, Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff, ASU is partnering with the Peace Corps, um, University of Arizona is um Ranked in uh, in a global water resources academic environment, MCC is doing a program with Microsoft to help our veterans, and a use program is for um, tribal environmental professionals. It's a certificate program, so there's really some amazing things coming out of our universities statewide, and so and these are all of our um, you know really capitalizing on. You know the the challenges of our community and figuring out ways to be innovative and put programs into the into the marketplace that are essential for our veterans, for our Native American communities, for our servant leadership—right, those that want to you know give their their life in in service—and so um, some great stories there to talk about what's happening at our at our higher higher learning institutions across the state,
1: and really the spectrum that's covered there from the the community college. District, the largest in the country, all the way up to elite uh, research universities, all the different uh, ways in which that touches the life of our communities, our policymakers, our our scientists, our leaders. I mean, it's it's an important. Uh, area that is always something interesting happening around the state of Arizona.
0: Yes, yes, and just a couple final stories. We've got a, a an interesting story about um, a healthcare technology leader called Adhere Health, uh, which are talking about adherence and and um, really being responsible for health outcomes in our healthcare community. Uh, Bridget Pettis, who's a coach in the WNBA, she is uh, launching a homelessness awareness program here in the Valley. You know, certainly... Uh, the sports world has been impacted by COVID-19, and so she is making the time here where that's still uh, a bit in flux to put her time focus towards creating um, community gardens and mobile kitchens through a, a nonprofit called Project Roots Arizona. So we'll have a story about that. Um, the, the hospitality industry, although challenged, is still uh, opening up new locations. Uh, Canopy by Hilton, which is their... One of their new brands is opening a hotel in Tempe. So uh, that will be coming online here in the next few days. And then another to close out our conversation, another PSA. Um, you know, we're, we're commenting about the weather and it's getting a little cloudy and it's getting a little sticky, which means that we're going to see monsoons and we're going to see dust storms throughout the state. So there's a story on uh, being safe driving if you get caught in one of our uh well-recognized Arizona dust storms and monsoons. So be smart out there, drive safe, and we'll tell you a little bit about how to make sure that if you get caught in one, how you are able to uh, be safe out on the road when that happens. So that comes from our folks at the Arizona Department of Transportation. So a pretty varied list of stories this time and uh, excited about the different things that we're learning about from our state and the businesses in our community and, and just grateful we have this opportunity to share you know, some of the good stories that are happening out there in our community.
1: So drive safe, vote, wear a mask, and take care of each other. <laughs> That's the. Passage. That'll do it. <laughs> that will do it. Abby, it's always great to chat with you. Thanks for coming on.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Now, for folks who don't get The Arizona 100, it is a free twice-monthly publication. It comes to your inbox and also to this podcast. You can subscribe at thearizona100.com. You can also send story ideas to editor at arizona 100com And you can tune in to this podcast where Abby and I will chat about the affairs of the day. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's one more way to get that information uh, out from the businesses and communities back to members of our state right so thanks for joining us for all of us here at phx.fm i'm dr adrian mcintyre and we'll see you next time on the arizona 100 podcast